Hello, hello. Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Breaking the Plan podcast brought to you by Primetime Productions. Everybody go tuning in today. Please go on Twitter and follow them at Primetime Prods. Um, welcome in, guys. This is the first episode of the Breaking the Plan podcast. Um, we're going to talk all things football here on the uh, on the pod here. I'm Burge. I'm on Twitter at Burge the Goalie. I'm here with my co-host, Joe Schur. Uh, I don't know his Twitter handle off the top of my head, so I'll let him give that to you when he starts talking here. And I'm here also with Brennan Kojak-Allen, who is our third chair slash producer for the podcast. He is on Twitter at Allen13Brennan. So give us all a follow. Uh, we'll be bringing you all sorts of football coverage throughout the year, mainly through the season, obviously talking about the games on Sunday, Monday, and Thursdays as well as in the offseason, following free agency, the draft. The draft will be a big one for us, I'm sure. I know I know uh, my co-hosts here are big into college football, so we'll be uh, doing some pods for that as well. And uh, obviously, mini camp, training camp, and the cycle will continue. So, Joe, how you doing today, man? Doing good. Thanks for bringing me on, Barry. Good to have you here with us. And uh, Kojak, how you doing out there? Dude, living the dream, baby. Living the dream. <laughs> That's if that's what you want to call it, right? Yeah. Um, I, I know you're out. You're out in the uh, in the boonies for work right now. I'm in the and... sticks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm using my phone you. hotspot because there's no <laughs> Wi-Fi in this dang hotel. I don't. I don't envy you for that. And you know, today's my one day off of the week, so I uh, spent the day with you know my kids. I you know fucked my shoulder up last night playing hockey. If you listen to the Two Pad Stack podcast with Primetime. You heard all about it last night when we uh, we recorded our episode after my hockey game. I'm sitting there wincing on camera with my shoulder. Every move I make, take a drink of a drink of my beer. I'm like ready to cry because it hurts so bad. But um, yeah, we're we're excited. We're excited to get into this. We're we're thankful for the opportunity with prime time to be able to give you our takes on the NFL season. I know uh, myself. I love talking NFL football. It usually pains my wife because she's usually one on the uh, receiving end of it. So she's very happy that I have this outlet to come out and and, and and be able to talk to people that actually care about talking. Joe, how do you, how do you uh, how do you get into watching football? Um, obviously, uh, well, not obviously to the listeners, but uh, I started obviously a uh, Patriots fan. Um, first game I ever watched, Adam Vinatieri kicked a field goal in the snow to win a playoff game in Gillette. Um, so I've been privileged ever since. Uh, was obsessed with Tom Brady from a very young age. So a lot of my analysis, a lot of my takes are about quarterbacks and uh, the passing game. Uh, just something that's, I guess, been fo- I've focused on since I've started watching football. I uh, just want to give a shout out to the primetime guys giving us a shot. Uh, I know that they're up and coming and what they're trying to do. So appreciate this them bringing us on at such an early stage. Uh, if you can find me on Twitter, I would appreciate if you just typed in Joe Scher, S-H-E-R, and search me up. But if you can't find it that way, you can look me up at, at the underscore. All right, write this down. At the underscore Juicy Jew. Uh, <laughs> you can probably figure out how to uh, phonetically spell that one. But uh, yeah, just super, super amped to have an outlet for my uh, for my takes. Uh, I can tell you guys when I go low in golf, which is probably once a millennia. And uh, other than that, I'm just ready to get started. Got some got some good takes I want to get off my chest here. Um, try not to be too Pat centric. I think we got some good stuff we want to talk about throughout the league. But obviously, it's a it's a, the sky is falling into England. Yes, yes. Uh, how about how about you over there, uh, Mr. Kojak? Uh, how do you uh, how'd you get into football? And uh, 
talk about a little bit what your role is going to be on this podcast. Yeah, so uh, I got an older brother. He's about five years older than me, and uh, he always played football, and he's kind of my role model work uh, growing up. So I played a lot of pretty much Pop Warner, middle school, high school. And uh, my earliest memory is not so much the Raiders game, but it was definitely out of the first Super Bowl and that beautiful kick to seal the deal. And, uh, you know, 27 years old, I've been kind of spoiled growing up as a New England sports Patriots fan and a, you know, New England, New England um, sports fan. So hey, you guys definitely you guys getting humbled young. right now. <laughs> you guys, you guys definitely are young. Humbled. Man. I- I, I re- I'm a little bit older than both of you. So I, I remember a time when the Patriots were a little bit, uh, you know, not the greatest thing. I, my earliest memory, you know, of the Patriots, obviously we're, we're introducing this, you know, with the Patriots cause we're all Patriots fans here, but my earliest memory is the 96 Super Bowl when, you know, Drew Bledsoe took the team with Bill Parcells to, to play green Bay and Brett Favre. And they obviously got Desmond Howard out of that building in that game. So that was my earliest memory really of watching football. I got into watching football. I watched John Elway. I was a big fan of those, those, those two Broncos. I was all about watching, wanting them to win. I was only in like second or third grade when that happened, but obviously when the snowball game and Tom Brady took over, I would, I had that guy's poster on my wall when I was a 12 year old kid. And Mm. I obviously have been watching it ever since. So I do have a little bit of experience with what us Patriots fans are going through right now. Um, But it's been a very long time. And I was also a very young kid. So I'm also struggling a bit right now as well too. (laughs) But uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks guys. And uh, looking forward to getting into this week's topics with you. Uh, We're going to start off here. Uh, We did put out a little Twitter post today to see if we get some questions um, from our, you know, the Twitter base regarding the NFL that's going on right now uh, in the present. The first one comes to us from uh, one of the primetime guys at Nick Melanson underscore on Twitter, Nick Mel. We call him Mel here in primetime. His question is to you, what rookie quarterback are you most impressed with? CJ Stroud or Anthony Richardson? Joe, I'll let you take it away first. Uh, this was, uh, I think we, we did a little test run last week and I think we were all gushing about CJ Stroud, but I th- we all came to the conclusion or we, uh, I think we left it with, um, it's just one week. Let's see it happen again. And lo and behold, it did, um, kind of, ha- I went back and watched it. And I think that the overall thing that I've seen from CJ Stroud from when he's even at Ohio state using his, um, using his NIL money to buy the entire team. I, th- I can't remember if it was Apple Watches. or He bought him Rolexes or something. He bought the whole team uh, something with all the NIL money, and he was basically like, yeah, I'm getting all these accolades, but it's obviously a team here. It's a team effort, and I wouldn't be anything without you guys. And I think that's a it's a very um, important characteristic for a quarterback. I think being a leader is right up there with all the physical, physical attributes you can have. Um, you can go, you can go, people can run fast and throw far, but if you can't get, you can't get a group of men to get behind you and try as hard as they can. I think, um, I think that uh, it doesn't really matter what you can do on the field between the lines. Um, but some things I, I was very impressed with was uh, D'Amico Ryan's got this, you uh, got this offense playing well, his offensive coordinator there, there, the scheme seems to fit um CJ Stroud's strong suits right now, which is mostly his accuracy and decision making. Um, they're top ten in the league in uh, play action attempts. They have a really good young back in uh, in Damian Pierce, and then I think uh, I forget who their uh, 
They have another running back whose name is escaping it's me. Devin right Singletary. Yeah, he's a good scat back. So they have a they have a decent running game. Their offensive line is in shambles, but when they get good prote- when they get good protection and they get rolling downhill, they seem to be productive. Um, I can keep going here. I mean, I'm gu- I'm gushing about the guy. He's his like I said, his poison decision making. He's very decisive. He's uh, one, two, three, read and go. Um, he's very accurate between the numbers, and I think the game plan kind of. Um, forces him that way they don't throw a lot down the field outside the numbers i think that it could have been in scheme because i think the uh the steelers have a really good pass rush which kind of like prohibits you from throwing down the barrier boundaries and throwing kind of deep down the field and long and long developing plays uh he's one of the best passers accuracy wise from 10 to 19 yards which is the kind of those zip balls in the middle of the field uh kind of gotta have it kind of third down conversion plays and um I'll talk more about the rest of the Texans, but I think his release is great. His touch versus zip percentage is great. I think he really knows how to get the ball out and either decide if it needs to be uh, kind of zipped in there between people or lofted over. Um, and I think the last thing, not everything was great. Uh, obviously, he's still a, a young developing quarterback. Mm-hmm. He throws a lot, throw, like falling away over the middle. And I think that I, it could be part of his offensive line. I don't want to give him a complete out, but there was definitely a couple of times where he was short and low. And I think that it goes with, I don't think he has yeah. crazy arm strength and he needs to be somebody who steps up into his throws and gets good zip on the ball, which he does if he has his feet under him. Sure. Sure. No, I, 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 I tend to agree with what you said here. Um, you know, like we did, like you said, we talked we had like a little bit of a dry, what, wow, dry run last week when we were talking about this and we were all kind of gushing over what CJ Stroud and those Texans were doing. They were a little bit of a surprise to a lot of people, uh, out, out of the gate in the here in the first month of the NFL season. And, you know, I love what he brings to the table. I mean, he, he does have a little bit of the rushing threat too, although you didn't see it against the Steelers this week, but he does have that mobility. Um, you know, I, and if you see, if you saw his post-game press conference after the game where they absolutely demolished the Steelers, I love, I love the confidence the kid brings. I mean, he's talking like, Oh yeah, we sent those Steelers fans home. Like screw them. Like I love, I love that. You need that as a, you know, with your quarterback, they'll be the leader of your team and you need to, ex- you know, show off that, that confidence when you're talking to the media and, and everywhere. Um, let's not forget like Nico Collins is balling out with him. Like mm. Nico Collins has been great uh, for the Texans there. Um, you know, the thing with Anthony Richardson and we've already kind of seen it the way he plays. He's, 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 a, you know, a Russian quarterback. He's kind of like a Lamar Jackson type. He's a runner. He's already gotten hurt and missed a few games. Like you got always, Sunday too. We, we, we hear about it all the time that you, your best ability is your availability. And maybe that might be a new England thing, but I, I, I buy into that. Like if you can't stay on the field, what good are you to me? So quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. You need your quarterback to play week in and week out and you need to know how to avoid the hits. And, you know, unless you're capable of taking them and getting back up and going back and playing, um, that's, that's a big thing. And I'm very excited to see what this, this Texans team can do. Mm. Um, I, I know the Steelers are not all that great this year. They have, they have their own set of problems that I think we're going to get into here in a good little defense, bit, good defense, but their offense is, a, you know, is, is absolute dog shit. So, you know, it's, it's, it's something to, something to say that they blew them out, but at the same time, I think the Texans might have a legitimate shot to make the playoffs this year. And I'm not saying they're going to win the division, but that division is completely up for grabs. I mean, all four of the teams in that division are garbage. Indy, Houston, uh, Tennessee, and, and um, Jacksonville, Jacksonville, like Jacksonville 
preseason was the favorite to win that division. They were going to mm. take the next step and go. And they, they, they themselves have, have, have been a little bit under underachieving, I'd say to this point, obviously mm. I, I know they got the big win this week uh, in, in London with the, with the whole toy story game going on with that. But, <laughs> you know, they, they, they haven't looked as much of a finely tuned machine as I think a lot of people thought in the preseason. At least the passing and, game, yeah. Yeah. You expected Trevor Lawrence, you know, to kind of live up to that hype that he was as the number one overall pick. And he he's kind of been subpar. I'm not saying he's been bad, but like mm. he hasn't taken that, he hasn't elevated to that 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 kind of that next level yet. So I that division is still completely up for grabs. And I, you know, I'm not ready to say, hey, put my money on the line and say, hey, the Texans are gonna win that division, but string together another couple of weeks of this of this uh you know performances with their offense and you know winning games that they they should win you never know you never know mm. so I, i'm with you i'm with you on i would take cj stroud at this point over richardson just because of you know if i'm gonna dial it down it's the availability part cj stroud's not not going out taking those monster hits that anthony richardson is taking so yeah um yeah, you brought up a you. I just want to you kind of just triggered my memory a couple times. Um, so another thing I looked up is the the Texans are number two in the league in yards after catch. So like obviously we're like we're fawning all over CJ Stroud right now, but I think the Texans put him in an excellent spot with like we said the stable of running backs, and then he has three above average young wide receivers with Alec Pierce, Nico, uh, Nico Collins, and John Mechie played well on mm-hmm. Sunday as well. Um. The last thing you said something that triggered. I have uh, so I have a couple things about Richardson here. Uh, that, that like once again they obviously they're they're scheming that thing like crazy to get him uh, the the most productivity out of a young quarterback with his skill set. It's a lot of one read and go design design quarterback runs, a lot of rollouts. Um, I mean, he had his his quick release and strong arm are I mean they're apparent on every single throw. The ball comes out at 900 miles an hour, which I think goes into the next thing, which is his accuracy issues. Uh, he's getting a lot better over the middle of the field, like kind of in that gotta have it kind of area. But I think everything he does is off platform, and a lot of the wow plays that he makes with his arm are off platform. So I think going forward, you really really want to see him kind of like remain in the pocket a little bit more. I don't want to say negating like his ability to like make plays with his legs, but I think that when you get a team like that can, can get there with four or at least contain you with four and drop seven, I think you're really going to need to see him like step up in the pocket and make some plays with his arm. Um, And the last thing you said was the availability. And I think that's the number one thing. I have another bullet point here that says is, is Richardson another Josh Allen? who's uh, just a really incredible athlete, questionable decision-making, but he can make it happen in many different ways. He can throw the ball downfield. He can make plays with his legs. He's a, he's a massive human. He's an absolute freak athlete. Mm-hmm. So I see a lot of similarities, similarities there, and Josh Allen really didn't pop until season three, and we're still trying to see him kind of eliminate some of those uh, mistakes that I think Richardson is also making in his game. Sure. Sure. I'll definitely agree with that. And, you know, I, I'm interested, interested to see if Jonathan Taylor comes back to that offense, if he, they, they're able to mend that relationship to see how that would change what, what we've seen through the first month. Like, are we going to see Richardson not have to take off and run 10 times a game? You know, like they're going to be able to hand the ball off to Jonathan Taylor. He's still somewhat the same guy and can, take that away from him and they can more so develop Richardson to be more of a passer. I mean, you look at, you, you look at the game against the Rams here 
on on Sunday. I mean, he was only 11 for 25 passing, mm-hmm. but he threw for 200 yards on those mm-hmm. 11. So he's you're averaging you know almost 20 yards a reception on that. So I mean, that's, that's I mean, it's almost 10 yards in attempt, which is kind of the threshold. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So if you can kind of keep that keep that in there, minimize the hits that the dude's gonna take. Maybe, maybe in 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 a month when we're when when we're recording here, we're you and I are gonna have a different tune on this. You know, yeah. You know, you to quote to quote the uh, the the talk radio station here locally. We're doing a show today. Yeah. So so so, so we're we're telling you what we see today. Podcast uh, comes out every week, whether exactly. you guys like it or not. <laughs> exactly. Um, I I, I do want to pivot a little bit back to to the the Texans and the Steelers game. Yeah. And I want I want to touch a little bit on the Steelers. All right. What's going on with them? We we know they have some playmakers on defense. All right, TJ Watt, Mika Fitzpatrick. They have those guys back there. But what is going on with that offense? That offense has talent. That offense has talent in my eyes. You got Najee Harris back there running back. You have um, George Pickens. I know Deontay Johnson is hurt, but George Pickens has shined a little bit in his you know in his time being a number one receiver. What's going on with them? I, is it Kenny Pickett? Is it yeah. Canada, the offensive coordinator? Is it Mike Tomlin? Who is it? The blind leading the blind. It's kind of like what's happening in, happening in New England. I think the book's out on Kenny. He's limited. It, what I will say about Kenny Pickett is I would get in a street fight on his side at any any day of the week. I would if I was if I was going to a bar saying I'm gonna get in a bar fight and I need to bring one quarterback in the NFL. I, I might bring Kenny Pickett because that dude wants <laughs> all of the smoke that he can find from any defender. And he's like, he's lowering his shoulder to get first downs in the first quarter. He got hurt at the end of the mm-hmm, game. So yeah. I guess you can see how that goes. I know it was on a sack, but like, I don't know. He has, he has he, I, a little bit of like poor man's it factor. Like he has it. He's just so, he's just so limited physically. And, um, I think that a lot of their success last year came from the running the ball. I think Najee got going at the end of the year. He, he's a serviceable running back. He's a great, he's a good dual threat back. I, I still have to see, he, he can break a tackle, but I still have to see the game breaking ability. I mean, if you're a first round running back, you have to be Saquon Barkley first or second year. You have to be I mean, Christian McCaffrey. You have Dijon, to be, you yeah. have to be somebody who just puts up numbers and productions. You can get the ball 30, 30, 35 touches a game and your team still scores in the high twenties. Like that's, that's the first round running back. That's the running back you pay. That's the running back you honestly want with a young quarterback. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that they're relying on their defense to make every play. Their defense played well. It's not like they didn't, but I mean, when you're on the field for more plays than you're off of the field, that's going to wear you down. You're going to start making mental mistakes. And I think there was, it was a really blatantly obvious one, uh, one play later in the game where uh, Nico Collins got the ball and uh, it was like a out, out route. And he, he broke like four tackles, but they weren't like legitimate attempts at tackles. Mm-hmm. Like it was just, it was pretty lackadaisical. And then the whole thing with Matt Canada is like, dude, can you the, – my, my, the thing that baffles me and like the most is if you don't have like a special playmaker and a designed play to have open space, why are you throwing the ball short of the first down? Mm-hmm. Like if you don't get the ball to this point, you have to either give the ball directly back to the other team or punt it back to the other team. Like – 
Why are you throwing it to your tight end in the flat eight yards short of the first out? That makes no sense. Unless it's Rob Gronkowski on a schemed up play action rollout. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Or Travis Kelsey on some kind of schemed up, like, shovel pass. You know what I mean? Like, throwing the ball short of the stakes, I think, is something that shows that you're, A, scared of your passing game, and, B, like, <clears throat> shying away from playmaking because it's not like I don't think the I don't know if I don't know Matt Canada is kind of kind of not the best offensive coordinator so I don't know if he's like making these calls but I mean checking down on third and eight third third and twelve it was it was happening all over the place in this game and watching <laughs> watching Kenny Pickett throw it short of the sticks like late in that game when their defense is making like a couple a couple uh, we were talking about CJ Stroud but the defense did make a couple of stops and try to get him back into that game yeah absolutely and you know it's not a successful day when your leading receiver is your running back and he has one reception for 32 yards. Okay. That's not, that's not a recipe for success. All right. I, I, I I do follow a couple of Steelers guys on Twitter and I do have a couple of friends that are big Steelers fans and you know, it's, this is not new for Matt Canada. All right. This has been going on for a year plus at this point where the fans are like, get this guy out of here. This guy doesn't know what he's doing, and he's 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 holding the team back. The Steelers have the ability to identify talent when it comes to drafting and, and free agents. They, they were like a wide receiver machine as far as I'm concerned. Who's that number 19 that was making a couple plays out there? I I, don't know, I, can't, I can't remember. He's number 19. He's another little Calvin guy. Austin. Like, Calvin Austin. Yeah, Calvin Austin the third. Yep. He was making plays. It's like, dude, where are they getting these guys from? They 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 find a way to identify that, and they, they find a way to make it work. So that's why I'm I'm looking at it like I I, I talk shit to Steelers fans all the time because I got friends that are like it. I'm like, oh, the Patriots will be better than the Steelers this year. Looks like they're kind of in the same boat at this point. Yeah, right? it's gonna be worse, like, I guess. Not exactly. And, and to be honest with you, if the Steelers are worse than the Patriots, that's on them, man. They have way more talent and way more explosive playability on that offense than the Patriots do. So. George Pickens, I think, is him if he keeps his attitude right. I really do believe that he can be like that next. Uh, he uh, He's drawing comparisons to Antonio Brown because of his attitude, but I think he could be mm. like that next receiver um, for them. Deontay Johnson, when he's healthy, he's a, you know, a, ca- a target catch hog for that team. So, you know, obviously, I think they're missing him right now. I think Pat Fryermuth, their tight end, shout out from Massachusetts, my, my wife's hometown from Haverhill. Um, went to the same high school but he got hurt and that's that's a big loss for them in my opinion i th- i had big high hopes for him this year just uh, from a fantasy football perspective i drafted him in a bunch of my leagues i'm like this guy's going to be the next guy and you know obviously he got quarterback yeah like a tight end yeah yeah he got hurt he got hurt so that's not good for them i mean i haven't seen any reports about kenny pickett going in you know at the end of the week obviously we're recording here on october 3rd on tuesday so i'm sure we'll, we'll get some updates as the week goes on here to see where you know he's gonna fall in terms of the injury report um yeah i don't i don't know what's up with the steelers i they are two and two and you know they're in a division where the Bengals are absolutely puking on themselves wetting their <laughs> pants and you know they're not the same team that they were uh, a year ago clearly um there's an opportunity there for them. They only have the Ravens and the Browns to compete with. There's an opportunity there for the Steelers to kind of steal, you know, steal some games and maybe maybe squeak into the playoffs. Uh, but they got to fix what's what's going on there. And I think that firing their offensive coordinator and bringing somebody, letting somebody else just just have a shot at it, mm. might be the way to go. And you know, at the end of the day, it falls on the head coach. 
and you know we'll see what Tomlin did say in this press conference that changes are going to be made. We'll see what 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 those changes are uh, and as the week goes on and the season goes on here. But you know we can we can talk all day about you know coaching mishaps and you know being upset with where things are. And this I I I like this kind of segue here into you know what we witnessed on Sunday with, with the new England Patriots. And, you know, we all, we're all, all three of us here are passionate Patriots fans. And I promise you, we are not a Patriots podcast. We are an NFL podcast here and we will control any tangents we go on when we start ranting and raving about our team here. Um, but yeah, let's, let's, let's get into it. Let's get into it here. The Patriots lost, uh, was it 38 to three? I, I stopped paying attention a little bit, uh, in the fourth quarter there, but it was like 38 to three against the Dallas Cowboys in, in, in Dallas. What the hell happened with this one, Joe? What the hell happened? I, I, I had this team being a competitive in this game and I actually thought there was a chance that they were going to actually squeak one out. They might be able to steal this win. Boy, was I wrong. They sucked. They absolutely sucked. It was probably one of the worst games that I've seen. And, you know, we all lived through 2020 with Cam Newton and there were some pretty bad games in that season. This one, this one, I mean, my God, nothing, nothing went right for this team. Yeah, it's all right. I'm just going to try to compartmentalize here and uh, let the takes go instead of uh, letting the emotions go. We talked about I, I said <laughs> said a lot about how CJ uh, Stroud's composure and his like uh, his body language, how he can how he conducts himself on and off the field. It's just the complete opposite in New England with Mac Jones. I've been a huge Mac Jones defender. Mm-hmm. I've been a believer. It's one of those things where you're just trying to manifest and trying to make make sure your eyes aren't telling the truth and you're just trying to believe. And it's just – it's 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 not there. I know probably one of the worst offensive line performances of all time, your best offensive lineman who happens to be a guard, which is never good. But on Wenu is it looks like he's never played football before. Mm-hmm. It, it, Mac gets – as soon as the strip, strip sack comes, he just gets sped up and everything It's everything is cooked. And the thing with Mac is he's supposed to be the cerebral guy. He's supposed to be the NFL-ready mm-hmm. guy. He's supposed to be the good decision maker. He's supposed to be accurate. He's supposed to be getting the ball out, making the correct read, and it's just none of that happened. It, it's tough when you're getting the least amount of separation in the league the Patriots receivers are last in the league in, in, in average uh, a separation per route. Um, it, it's just so bad. And when you compound that with losing your best two players, probably your best two players on the team, your Easily. best two defenders and Judon and Gonzalez. I know Judon was kind of late, but you go in there with three corners, you leave with two. That as soon as, as soon as CD, as soon as Gonzalez goes out, they go to CD lamb over the top. Uh it, it's just you don't usually see the Patriots getting out coached and out classed and out and out prepared. And it's just it seemed like not like you said, nothing went right. Out coached, out prepared, out played, out efforted. It was all all just bad, 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 bad. Oh, I, I think um we can get into this at a different point, but I think that it, it it's 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 not Mac Jones, it's not Bill Belichick, it's not the offense, it's all of it. It's all bad. It's nothing nothing is making anything better. It's all making each other worse. Uh, I, I agree with you hundred percent. And I like you have been a Mac stan, uh, if you want to call it that. I've been like, all right, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna see something here. He he put out uh, a good solid rookie season. You know, with Josh McDaniels as his offensive coordinator, they made the playoffs. They obviously got walked out of the playoffs, which a lot of people expected. 
And, you know, obviously last year with the whole coaching carousel, offensive coaches who are defensive coaches, it looked like an absolute shit show. And, you know, we go into this year, you got an absolute, you know, a real offensive mind back with the team, Billy O'Brien, calling the plays. Uh, I don't I don't put this this loss uh, on him per se, because you are with a new offensive coordinator. It does take time. I will say it does take time and it's not three games in the preseason that is going to you know be able to make this thing a fine, finely tuned machine. And, you know, I, I do think that they will get better. I just don't know how much. Obviously, you have you can't really get much worse than than Sunday. Sure. It was Bill Belichick's worst loss in his 29 year head coaching career. And, you know, it, it can't get worse. It can't get worse. Uh, if it gets worse, you know, we're, you know, we're talking tank city here. We want number one overall. We want a high draft pick to be able to get some talent in here. Uh, you know, with Mac, I mean, after that, the first drive, they look fine. They look fine. They drove down the field, you know, pop Douglas had a big, I think it was 42 yard catch, um, you know, down the sideline there, but they stalled in the red zone. I, I wish they would have gone for it on fourth and one there. What do you got to lose? You're one and two, like you're, you're on the road. Give, give it a shot. Yeah. They were great on fourth down on Sunday. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> fucking horrible, they, were, dude. they can't even execute the, tush they can't push. even do the tush push, dude. Us three could probably convert a yeah. first down there, you know, and the big thing for me with, with, with the Patriots offense is, uh, I want to I want to sit here and I want to put it solely on Mac because he's the quarterback. He's the leader. He had probably his worst game as a pro on Sunday. In my opinion, it was his worst game as a pro because, like you said, his cerebral that, you know, the mental game, he's supposed to be able to make those decisions. Well, I think I don't know if it was one of the pick sixes, but it was one of his interceptions. He threw halfway across the field to Kendrick Bourne on a play two play one or two plays before that. Mm, and it worked. It, was dry, it yeah. barely worked. Yeah. It should have been picked on that play. Yeah. And then what does he do? He goes back to it again. He doesn't have the arm strength to make that happen. Mm. And lo and behold, it was an interception, you know, whatever. The game was already over before that happened at my point. Um, you know, so my my thing with, with them is the lack of a running game. And you can put this on Ramondre Stevenson all you want. But if your offensive line is not getting the push that it needs to spring that runner, you're not going to have a running game. But and this team is built run first. They they were last year. They were the year before. We're going to run the ball. We're going to run the rock. We're going to pound it, and we're going to we're going to wear you down. And then we're going to pull a play action out of our ass at some point and go over the top on you. Yeah, bottom and, half of the league in play action percentage. Which is is ridiculous. It's ridiculous because yeah. that's that's Especially with what the young quarterback what they are what they are are spent on, and you know I, I I put number one blame on the fact that they cannot they cannot run the ball, but at the same time, if you run the ball and you have a play action, your receivers aren't getting separation on a play action, so a play action isn't going to work unless it's Farrell Brown, somebody who a defense busted is completely yeah. yeah busted coverage. Somebody they're not even caring about them, and it's going to work. So they they got to figure something out and. I, honestly, I, I I went into the season thinking they were going to be better than what was advertised and what we were hearing out of camp and, and everything like that. Right now, as of today, uh, I don't see it. I don't see it. This it, You can say it's one game. You can say it's one game. They sucked. They didn't show up. We've seen it over the last 20 years where they have these brain farts and they just, just come out and they just lay an absolute egg. 
but you don't have mm. you don't have Tom Brady as a quarterback to come back and and do it. And I don't I don't know if I don't think Max it. Mm. I I think he's it for this year because Zappy definitely isn't it. And you know Will Greer, who is the emergency third, I wouldn't mind giving him a look at some point. Yeah. But I don't know. I I I, I just think that there's. There's so much wrong with the offense, and the defense now is going to take a massive hit with those injuries. Um, Matt Judon got 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 hurt in garbage time. The game was yep. over. Yep. They'd already benched Mac at that point. Why is Matthew Judon on the field? Why is he out there? That's a coaching problem. That's a bill problem. And he shouldn't have even been out there, as far as I'm concerned. And he is now. You're going to lose him probably for the year. He says he wants to come back, but you know you tear a bicep. You you got to have surgery on it. That's gonna that's a that's a dude, he might be recovery. done as a patriot after they redid his contract, dude. There's no guaranteed money left. That's that's an absolute. I I, I put that as a worse loss than Christian Gonzalez because we do have Jack Jones coming back off pup. I got to think that they put him on pup because he missed so much time uh, due to his criminal charges. But that's a whole nother topic. We won't even get into that. But my client. Yeah, proven exactly. innocent. <laughs> exactly. You know, they're going to get they're going to get some help and some depth back. Jonathan Jones hopefully will be back sooner than later. He's already mm-hmm. uh, he's already missed more time than I thought he would. I, I'm kind of confused as to why they didn't put him on IR. If he's going to miss three, three, possibly four games, they should have just put him on IR and get somebody else on the field on the active roster that could play. But they're going to get help at that position. They ain't going to get another Matthew Judon out there. Um, so hopefully it, Keon it, White steps up. That'd be the only yeah, silver it, lining here. It would be he, a, a, a long look at him. He's looked good. He's looked good in the time. I mean, you saw them take a knee and he went, I think it was at halftime and he was the guy <laughs> yeah, he read he over right the center, through the yeah. line. And he's like, yeah, get out of here. You're going to walked off the field. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I kind of love that though. Absolutely. I I like he that. Gets me into overarching. Attitude. Why isn't, why aren't the, why isn't like, why did pop Douglas play 18 plays? Why isn't Keon white in a, in a more like defined role? Like yeah. Why? I mean, Christian Gonzalez is more of a necessity thing and he's a first round pick, but like, I don't get the personnel decisions, but speaking of personnel, um, dude, the Cowboys, if you could get some kind of operation in there that wasn't Mike McCarthy eating Funyuns, like, dude, they've they're legit, dude. They're friggin' legit, dude. Tony Pollard's good. CD Lamb is good. Dak is all right. I think he's in a good situation. Um, but dude, Micah Parsons is 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 dude. Like, he's the new like Aaron Donald. He's the new TJ JJ uh, Watt, dude. He is dude. He is the best defender in the NFL. I do not. I. I, he's better than he's better than all the other pass rushers. He can line up anywhere on the defensive mm-hmm. line, and he's an absolute game wrecker even in the running game. You can kind of run at the Watt brothers a little bit. You can kind of run at those guys. There's a couple guys in the lead that you can run at, but uh, even even sometimes you can say it about Judon. But dude, Michael Parsons is an absolute freak, dude. There was a play where he was working. On, I think it was City Show, and Ramondre Stevenson comes to chip. The running back comes to chip. Yep. He uses the momentum of the chip, sees the chips coming, uses the momentum of the chip to go around City Show and the guard next to him to get between the guard and center to, to, to get some pressure up the middle. It's like that's just absolute freak athleticism. I, I don't know. I think I think the game says 10 times more about the Patriots than it does the Cowboys. But, I mean, the, dude, the Cowboys can't score in the red zone. The book's out on that one. Dak, they run into each other. Yeah, dude, Dak, I don't know, dude. It, it's something, something's still there with him. And 
<laughs> I don't know. It, it just says the Patriots, like they they played so friggin' bad on one side of the ball that it affected all the all the other areas of the game, including special teams. I, I would have been furious if Michael Parsons was available at 15 in the uh, 2021 draft and the Patriots took Mac Jones over Michael Parsons. I wanted Michael Parsons so bad in that draft. And I would have, I was like, take Michael Parsons in the first round, take Kellen Mond in the second. Yeah. Worry about the quarterback after because that guy was a freak at Penn State. And, you know, he played off the ball at Penn State, didn't he? Yeah. He, he played he, middle linebacker he or was a beast. Week, yeah. But he was a yeah. beast. And, yeah. you know, it's a great story because, you know, he was a he grew up a Cowboys fan and, you know, to see him get drafted by his team and to ball out like he is. Yeah. Like he he is I 100% agree with you. He's absolutely the next big thing defensively for. I think he's going to be defensive player of the year this year. Oh. He absolutely deserves it. Um you know, it's 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 <sighs> Dude, he got hurt and came back in this game, I dude. Know. That's what I love seeing that. I, I don't know why. They were blowing Some, him out and he came, yeah. came back in. Like yeah. dude. He's still in his rookie, he's still in his rookie deal, and he comes back in the game while like during a game that you're winning handily. You know what I mean? Like he's a baller. He's an absolute yeah. baller. I, I I love the way he plays and he carries himself. I love what reading his tweets on Twitter. Oh you yeah. Know? He's 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 he just, he just he's a likable guy and he's an absolute baller on the field. But you know, going back to the game. Like, what about what you, you mentioned about Mike McCarthy, you know, eating Funyuns on the sideline? What, and I'm going to pose this question to you, Kojak. Why is Mike McCarthy wasting a fake field goal on an extra point in a game where they are absolutely blowing out the New England Patriots? It pissed me like, off so bad. You were in attendance <laughs> at the game. You were at the yes. game. I'm never going to another Patriot game again. <laughs> he was, was at so the bad. game. He was at the game, and he got to witness that. In the 300 sections of at Stadium. The kick to the ball. It like happened like in front of me play. and like down, and I was just watching <laughs> it, and I was like, a dude's 600 pounds. And <laughs> rumbling, I just thought it was incredibly dis- disrespectful. It absolutely was. Just a big and, you know, fuck you. It was it was a big it was it was a big cool. fu you know it really was and you know I I I you know what more power to them they got their asses handed to them last week by Arizona so they're they're out there trying to prove something I just as a head as a head coach why aren't you saving that for a play Well, I where, think it was yeah I was just gonna say why are you why aren't you saving that for a play where you're gonna fake a field goal to do that I think that was the counter the Schuler. Uh, like go, line of scrimmage run. They did thing. say that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, that is it. I agree. I definitely agree with that. But but it's just like another a dude. A why for why aren't the Patriots one step ahead like they always are? Like how is Mike Mike McCarthy a one step ahead of the Patriots? And it's just it's concerning, dude. It's very it concerning as it, a Patriots fan. It it absolutely is. But like when you think about them, they they wasted it. They wasted yeah. that play in a meaningless game. And can say the same about the Pats too. I wish they could have used that to win a playoff game or upset somebody in the playoffs with the shoot with the with the with the run in thing. Absolutely. And you know, I I heard this on 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 one of the talk radio stations. Like, why are you wasting that play to gain an extra point? Like one point. You you gained you went from an extra point to a two point conversion on that. Oh, dude, I didn't even think about it that way too. Yeah, you You could get four more. You get four more. There's a four point differential if you're kicking a field goal from that point and you pull that out in a game, probably in a game that's more meaningful, maybe against the Eagles or against a a divisional opponent. 
why why are you putting that on film now? Because now teams are gonna be like, we're gonna look for it. Just like every team is looking for the schooner play, the schooler play. Which is why we got that play on Sunday, yeah. Exactly. So like that's my opinion on it. I it was like it was a great play. And if that that had been five yards back, Dietrich Wise is gonna is gonna is gonna catch catch yeah. there. Like like there was a big fat guy. Shades, running, shades running. of Ben Watson, dude. <laughs> exactly. You're gonna see him get caught there. And if anything had gone wrong, that's not going to be a point. And then there's momentum swing for the Patriots. But again, it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. But if you're trying to do that to get four extra points, yeah, hell yeah, make that, make that, take that risk at that point. So yeah. that, that's that's kind of where I where I where I sit, Coach Jack. You just put something. Have in you the guys chat ever here. Have you ever been to a Pats game? And I mean, probably not since we win all the time. Besides the past five years. But like, have you ever been to a Pats game and we're just getting shit on so bad that I've seen I saw two Pats fans take their jerseys off up in the three hundred sections, <laughs> take their jerseys off and just absolutely huck. I mean, oh, he's going in and out. It's like, perfect okay. timing. Yeah, no, I can't imagine wasting two hundred dollars and throwing my jersey into the stands to be. Oh, I took a bath like, on my ticket. I, I took a bath on my ticket, but I was like, I'd rather have just half, go ahead half just the money and not go. Toss yeah. up a Julian Edelman jersey. Oh it my just, god! It made no sense. A Julian Edelman jersey. Both of them were Julian Edelman's. Oh no, dude. That's that's like, that's a memory. From what the did Jules do? Dinner. What the hell did Jules do to anybody on Sunday? Really? The whole section went bonkers, though. <laughs> of course, but it's like multiple Super Bowl winners, Super Bowl MVP, and he's going to toss his jersey into the, the crowd of Cowboys fans, which you'll never see back again. Exactly. So, I don't know if you guys have ever seen something like that, but that, that, that shit blew my mind. I've never seen it. I personally have never seen that because I've, 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 the only game I've seen outside of Gillette is in MetLife, and it was when it was the year that you know the Malcolm Butler interception happened. I went to MetLife. I got free tickets, and obviously – we were just sitting up there with Jets fans, just talking with them. And it was actually a good experience. So like there was no, nobody was getting pissed off at each other. Like I was just, we were, we were chirping the Jets fans in front of us. They were chirping us, but it was like all in good fun. It was one of those yeah. things where like nobody gets pissed off and starts fighting anybody. Dude, Jets fans are great. I think I, th- I like, I kind of, I, I hate the Jets with a burning passion, but like Jets fans are all right. And the grand scheme, they're like, they're not Philly or Buffalo or anything. But you, but you got to think about the Jets. Like they, 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 they that's a cursed franchise and yeah. they had the butt fumble and they've had these, these, these colossal collapses. So like, I get that. And like, I had a great experience down there. It was awesome. But I, I can't imagine taking my jersey off and throwing it into the crowd. I, I don't I would take it off, but I'd hold on to it. I wouldn't throw it <laughs> in the crowd. Like I, I don't even know if I'd you know what to be honest with you, I don't even know if I would take it off because you know, I'll, I'll support my team till till I die. I'm wearing a, a Devontae Parker jersey. So shout out to my son here. You know, my, my son's name's Parker, so I got a Parker jersey with his name on the back. So straight I, yeeted the jersey into the fans. Never <laughs> seen it again. Because we were in the four hundred, so like we were like there's probably like 50 rows and we were at like 20, like pretty much halfway. And he hucked it and he went over the railing into the next, like the 300 circles. <laughs> so there's zero chance you're getting that back. That's that somebody, awesome. that's a drunk idiot right there. That's Dude, imagine, idiot. imagine being in like there's the lower bowl. Bottom, or a, a you're low, jersey. You're, lo- you're in the lower bowl, just hammered off Miller lights. And then a freaking uh, uh, Julian Edelman jersey descends upon you. And you're like, <laughs> What the hell is going on here? I'm gonna keep this. <laughs> exactly. and they had like white towels with the Dallas star on on every single seat, and I got to my seat and I 
picked it up, crumbled it, and just hucked it. I was like, I'm good. <laughs> and then we didn't score a touchdown. So I was like, sweet. And then he yeah, went and, and found it, started Shai, waving it. Where was Shy, who's a Jets fan, and he was a Cowboys fan the whole day. And I'm like, dude, I'm going to I'm going to physically assault you. Like, you're not a Cowboys <laughs> It's going to be fan. one of those videos on, on Twitter and on, uh, on Barstool. <laughs> you saw that with the, the Chargers-Raiders game? Those oh, two yeah. fans that got into it? And the was Chargers it the two chicks? Sleep, sleep. No, the two oh. dudes. The Raiders There's an guy awesome chick up. fight in the Raiders game, too. Oh, that's awesome. Dude, we've been seeing a lot of that this year. It seems like it's more more than years past where these fans are just fighting. Dude, I've seen I, – I think it was, a, it was a 49ers game, and they might have been playing the – I don't remember who it was that they were playing, but, like, a dude grabbed a, grabbed a girl by her hair and threw her down the steps. Yeah, like I'm like, dude, Rooney's. like, what are you doing? Like, you're here to watch a game. Like, I, I have no patience for that, and me, obviously, as a dad. Like, if I'm at a game with my kid and I have to, like, expose my kid to, like, physical violence – we talked about it on the 2 Pat Stack Pod last night about – about fans getting in fights at games and we're like dude like you could swear all you want like i'm not gonna get mad about that if my kid's gonna hear the f-bomb or you know yo shit fuck your ass whatever that's the that's the that's the arena you want to hear yeah it in. you know yeah. you're gonna hear it you're gonna hear it Literally. i'm like okay i can tell him that's not okay and you know try to raise him the right way and even though i'm probably one of those guys that's gonna be swearing out there but you know, at the same time, but once once you hit, get physical and you start getting near me with my with my kid that's where i draw the line it's like dude like come on you're there to watch a game. What are we doing here? You know, mm. like, what you want to get arrested because you're watching a game where your team's losing? Like, dude, you're a p- pathetic human being at that point. Yeah, in my in my opinion. Yeah. But uh, I remember know, it's just like it's so funny though. It's just it's so weird sometimes because like I remember being at a when I was younger. This is like right when I got out of college. I went to a Celtics playoff game. It was Game Seven versus the Bucks. The year that. Uh, Jason Tatum was a rookie and Brown was in his like second year and they like made it all the way to game seven versus LeBron. But a series or two before that, they played Milwaukee seven game series game seven at home. I think it was, it was a late, I don't know if it was game seven. No, it was game seven at home. Cause I met Dave Port- Portnoy after he was just <laughs> screaming. He was on Causeway street, just screaming, feed me Bron Bron, feed me Bron Bron. And yeah, Bron Bron ended up ending that season again for the past. Anyway, dude, we were in, it was, dude, it's like game seven in the garden. And, like, me and my, like, then roommate are, like, screaming and yelling at the top of our lungs. So aren't the guys behind us. Like, in the 300 section at the gu- – like, and at Boston Sporting Events, like, you're all brothers in arms at that point. Mm-hmm. Like, you are – like, if you sit next to me at that game, you are you are my brother. And my roommate started – it was, like, yelling at one point. And the guy in front of us was like, hey, can you, like, quiet down? And before me and my buddy even had a chance to, like, say anything, and he goes, the game's on for free at home. Get the <laughs> – out of here and it's like it's so true it's just like there's such a fine line it's just like you're not gonna go to a game and grab a bitch by the weave and throw her down a flight of stairs but you're obviously not gonna like it, like you're there to be a fanatic like fans is yep. like fan- fanaticism like that's you're a fanatic like the definition of fanaticism isn't normal like it's not a normal thing like you're not like but you need to keep it on the rails dude. and it's so we i mean i i i mean i'm no one to talk i mean I, my younger days or even <laughs> a couple years ago it's like I could be liable to be in that situation. I've never got kicked out of a game yet, but um, <laughs> that's a good thing. <laughs> but it's just it goes to show that, like, dude, sporting sporting events is just such a it's such a like a like a atmosphere of like mm-hmm. high emotions. Now it's like so weird. It's like it's yeah. such a change. Like I remember, like yep. I remember, like going to like hockey games with like the Bruins versus the Rangers, and like my dad like introducing me, like these are our enemy. These are Rangers fans, but they're good guys, and we're not going to fight them. You know what I mean? Yep. Like it's like I don't know. 
it's like so different. It's it's much, much, much different now. Yeah, you start throwing it's like that the Hall sword. of Fame photo you got from the Jumbotron when you're in the 300 <laughs> section and you're just like this. <laughs> I was trying to get them to look at the little kid next to me. And I was just all, like, the just gonna... all the way up against the brick wall and the jumbotron is just Joe Scherz straight face. And he's just <laughs> Hall of Fame photo. That was pretty yeah. awesome. <laughs> well, yeah, we I think we all we all we all agree on on the whole fighting at sporting events thing here. But I again just in closing on this before we move on. Don't waste your jersey at a game. You spend a lot of money. You work hard for your money. Don't freaking huck it into this Give it to a little kid, dude. If you want to not be a fan of the team, dude, see a little kid walking out be like, yo, here's Julian Edelman's jersey. You know what I mean? Take it. Keep it. Exactly. I mean, if a Devontae Parker jersey is one thing, you know, that's fine. But if it's an Edelman jersey. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, it would be way more egregious if you didn't have a son named Parker. Exactly. I I think he got the jersey before his son was born, but we'll talk about that at a different (laughs) point in time. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Babe, we have to name him Parker. Why? We haven't even (laughs) talked about this name yet. Well, see, I have this delivery from Fanatics that I can't return. You're not going to lie. Dude, I manifested that trade. I was like, this dude needs to come to New England because my son is named Parker. He was oh, already born. Bad. I'm like, I manifested. I'm like, they're going to trade for him. They need to do it. And the minute they did, I was like, let's go. And actually, my in-laws got me the jersey. My oh, that's pretty got cool. got it for me for Christmas. So I'm like, right. you know what? No matter what, I'm, dude, I can frame this jersey. I don't care how bad he is, how much he sucks when he plays with the Patriots. I could frame this jersey and say, hey, there's a guy that played with played for the Patriots when you were a little kid. That had that had your name on it. Yeah. So that's, you a, that's one really good catch versus the Bears. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, so it is what it is. And I'm happy still on the team just so I can actually wear it. You know what I mean? Otherwise, I it, it would be framed at this point. Yeah. But I, I, I think we've we've kind of hit the uh the you know the threshold for the Patriots talk for, for, for yeah. this episode here. You know, we're all pissed off. We all want to see changes, we all want to see some improvement. And the Cowboys uh, are good. Don't forget about Cowboys, that. Yeah, the Cowboys are good. I still think that they're gonna, you know, down the stretch here, they're gonna, you know, they'll, they'll wet themselves down their leg like they oh, always yeah. do. Yeah, it's yeah. A typical franchise, typical, you know, of Mike He's McCarthy as head coach. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But I, I do want to get into the Sunday night game that occurred between the Jets and the Chiefs here. Yeah. Um, you know, I caught a little bit of it um, you know, on Sunday night after my trip to the fair and I, I just want to say I want to give the Jets a little bit of credit, you know, going into that game against the Chiefs. Everybody thought the Chiefs were going to stop them. You know, I think, Joe, that was your lock when we did our dry run last week. Was that, Oh, know, don't plus, even get me. Don't, dude, Mahomes should be in a fucking prison cell, dude. Exactly. I think we saw something from the Jets' defense in that game. They're like, we're not going to go down without a fight here. And, you know, and I, I'll say this, too. Zach Wilson actually had himself a day. He actually yeah. played really well in that game. And unfortunately, you know, for him with that late fumble, it kind of sealed the deal for the Chiefs. And, you know, he, he, he was a man about it. He took responsibility for it. And, and all that, you know, we crap on Zach Wilson all the time. Uh, you know, especially as Patriots fans, it's like, oh, Zach Wilson's coming to town. We got a W. He can't beat mm. us. And, you know, we already had it once. I'm not sure we'll see it again, you know, when they play him later in the season. But, you know, you never know. Um, but I, I, I do want to say, like, I'm, I'm very impressed with what the Jets did. They basically put the push the Chiefs to the brink there. And, you know, they, I think it was 23-20 was the final. And, um, you know, and uh, this brings me to my, to my overlaying point of wanting to talk about this game is the NFL officiating, you know, late in that game. I think it was third and 22. Mahomes dropped back to pass. 
an absolutely blatant hold on. I think it was the right guard or the right tack or the left. Oh, guard oh the one where he was standing yeah. back there for like five minutes and yeah, the dude's and just going to fucking choke hold. Yeah. And he took off for 25 yards and got the first <laughs> down on third and 22. I'm like, dude, that was the absolute most blatant hold call that I've ever seen. Nobody and, also wants to hit that dude either. Right. Exactly. Because you, you never, you know, you're going to get flagged for it. And, you know, it just comes to it like this year and uh, you can bitch about the officials all, you know, all you want is, you know, as fans of your team. But like this year, it just seems like the refs are making these critical missed or bad calls at critical points late in, in, in games. And I, I truly believe that the NFL has an officiating problem. And, you know, I've seen it watching the Patriots games where, again, I'm not sitting here telling you that the Patriots lost because of the officials because they didn't in any of the games that they've lost this year, but they have been in points where it's like, dude, like they get one call. All right. Maybe they, 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 they pull out a game and some of the calls that have, have, have happened in these critical, critical moments of an NFL games this year have been just blown or wrongly called. And mm -hmm. I, I really do believe that the NFL has to do something to address this problem because you know, we've seen it happen in the playoffs. You know, you look back, I don't know, six, seven years ago with the Jet, uh, the Saints and the Rams, that blown P.I. call um, oh, yeah. that was missed, that yeah. cost cost the Saints the game against the Rams. And I think it was, was the year the that CJ they played. The C.J. Gardner-Johnson one. And then, they, and then they made it like a – then they, the Saints petitioned to make it like a – or Review yeah, the Saints and the Rams petitioned to make it like a reviewable, yeah. Which absolutely fell on its face. That didn't yeah. work. That didn't work. They're not going to change their calls on that. But, like – Something's got to give with this. I, I, I'm sick and tired of seeing like these big games, you know, have these blown calls that end up factoring into the result. You can say what you want about any team. You're, you're taught from a young age in any kind of sport, any sport that you play, never rely on the officials. Mm. So if the, you never, never want to be in a position at the end of a game where you need a, when you need a call to be, to be done right. And it's going to go the other way. You never want to be in that spot. But at the same time, it's like, dude, you're playing at the highest level of the sport. How can you not get those calls right? Should have the highest it, level of officiating. Exactly. It yeah. pisses me off. And it's like, it's like, dude, make the right call. Like that was a blatant hold. You get two officials staring at it. Yeah. It's, it's like, make the call. And for the last 20 years, what did we always hear? Patriots always get the calls. They always get the calls. Well, guess what? transferred to Kansas City now. You see them getting it. It happened twice. There was a questionable hold call on an interception of Mahomes in that game Sunday night, too. That I, was I, a hold. At, by that the letter was a penalty. Of the law, by the letter of the law, it is. But The suspicious part of that play is when the ref throws the penalty. Mm -hmm. When he throws the flag. The is shooting. So the so if you guys if every if for people following along at home still, uh Sauce Gardner makes contact with the receiver and then the ball goes over those two players heads to the player behind him who picks him off and the flag doesn't come out right when the hold happens the flag comes out after the jets player comes down with the interception which leads me back to what i was what i was going to say when you you were going on your diatribe about the officiating it's i don't know i want to say it's a new thing but i think the reason why that like a, we're paying attention to it more, or B, it might be, I don't want to say a reason, but maybe a contributing factor, is, dude, the NFL is legitimately in bed with these casinos and these sports mm -hmm. books now. Like, yep. 
Dude, you know how much you know how like you, there was probably a weird handle on the game, and that's why I, I don't know. And the whole it, it comes it comes brings me back to what my lock of the week was last week, which was the 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 laying the nine and a half with the Chiefs. And it's like you can I know it's the right I guess football move, but dude, if you're up ten minutes, if you're up ten points with less than a minute left, dude, like you're gonna win that game a hundred times out of a hundred. And if you go down before the line to run the clock out, you're going to win a hundred times out of a hundred. You know what I mean? Like, I understand that you like, it's in the spirit of the game and stuff like that. But like, I don't know. Like you even have, what about the Nick Chubb play a couple of years ago where he has, he's home free and he just dives on the ground. And it's like, I don't know. <laughs> it's maybe it's, I'm just like sour about my bad beats, but it's like, it's something to take a look at. It's like, I don't know. It, it may be whatever. You can't say causation without uh, there's some kind of fancy term you can put, you can put there with that. But I don't know the fact that gambling comes around and then there, these refs start making questionable calls. I don't know if it's not something you can't ignore. Yeah. It, you know, it, 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 again, it is what it is, but like, I want a good product on the field when I, when I watch the sport, like I, that game, I had no, I had no skin in the game. Like the mm. Jets win, like obviously it may impact my team, my Patriots, their position in the divisional standings. But at the end of the day, like, I don't care who wins that game. Like, I just want to watch football. And this kind of stuff gives credence to, you know, the conspiracy theorists out there that are saying that the, 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 the sport is rigged, all right, that there's a script, quote, unquote. I don't believe that. I never will believe that because it will absolutely deter me from watching football from here on out mm-hmm. if, if, if it turns out to be true. But, like, it gives credence to those assholes that are out there saying, Oh, it's a script. It's all this and that. And you know, it's just like wrestling where it's all scripted. Why give those, those idiots a platform to stand on? You're giving them backup to it. Mm. You know, you could argue that them missing that call on, on that third and 22 with Mahomes that, Hey, they wanted Mahomes to win the game. So they're going to, they're going to let that one go with, with officiating. Like if, if, if there's like a soft hold in late in a game, like on, we'll use the sauce gardener example here. If they're letting that go all game, you better let it go in that fucking moment. Yeah. Like I, I got no problem with the game dictating how they, 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 they call the call, call the game. So like, I got no problem with the missing calls like that late in games. If it's called consistently throughout the game, let it go. Mm. And I say the same thing about when I watch hockey, you, you know, I play hockey too. Like, you know, as I talked about my my nice little bum shoulder here, but um, you know, there's times in, in in the NHL where they let that shit go. They let it go late in games. They let it Playoffs, go over time, yeah. and it's like, you know what? You call the game consistently throughout the way, then you can let then you have credence to let it go. Like this is how we called the game. Yeah, it might by the book, it might have been might have been a hold or a slash in hockey or or a hook in hockey. But like, if you let it go and you call it consistently all game then nobody should have a problem with it at that point. So if they're consistent the whole game and they let those holds go on, on third and 22, the whole game, again, I didn't watch the whole game. So I don't know if that was the case. If they let that go all game, fine. I'm okay with them letting that go. But if you're going to call it in that big moment, just, or let it go in that big moment, just because Patrick Mahomes or sauce Gardner holding, you know, on a, on a, on a big play late in the game, that's where I draw the line. Hmm. I think it's it's almost like the NBAification of the NFL. Like all the quarterbacks are the most important players, so they're getting all the calls. Like, yep. When the Patriots used to have Tom Brady, I was not uh, bitching about that, but I will now. 
Um, but that brings <laughs> I saw a funny anecdote on Twitter about this game. It's just like uh, it's so funny that we bring the Taylor Swift and the Swifties into the football world, and now they all think that Zach Wilson's the franchise quarterback. <laughs> uh, don't even get me started on the whole Taylor Swift thing, man. I'm sick. Oh, did you like the first ad of that first cut after they went to her? It's Dude. like her face on the commercial right after. I was like, oh, I wonder who's getting a cut of the cheese here. I got I to gotta give you props. That was a great segue right there. I got to give you props I on tried. that. You know, I our tried. first episode, you know, releasing to the public here. That was a great segue there. Dude, I'm sick and tired of hearing about it. And I'm sick and tired of seeing ESPN and Adam Schefter tweet, oh, Taylor Swift is in the house. Like, I'm not a Taylor Swift fan. Travis Kelsey I, slept over Taylor Swift's house last yeah, night. Like, like, what is he doing? I, I don't care. I'm a football fan. And, you know, it's the same thing. If that happened in New England, dude, I'd be pissed. I'd be pissed if my team had ended up having to deal with something like that. Like, uh, it's not just because I'm not a fan of her music or I'm not a fan of her in general. Like if anything like that were to come into it, it's like, dude, we're here to watch a fucking football game. Yeah, We're here to watch a football game. Stop panning to a Grammy award-winning artist. Every play, like yeah. every reminds play me of the, the Jessica Simpson, Tony Romo shit. Yeah, it's the same thing. And it was like, dude, like why, why are we doing this? We're here to watch football. I'm, I'm sick of listening to it. And I really don't want to see it anymore because like, it's gonna obviously it's gonna be a thing until they break up and she writes a song about them breaking up. But like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's we're gonna have to deal with it all year because the Chiefs are gonna be a contender. They, you know, they have they're gonna be they're gonna be in the playoff picture and she's gonna be there in a playoff game. We're gonna be sitting there watching playoff NFL football and they're gonna be panning to Taylor Swift in the box with Brittany Mahomes and whatever other celebrity is up there. It's like, dude, I don't give a flying fuck. I don't care. Yeah. I want to watch football. I don't want to see it. I don't want to yeah. see it. I will say passionate about it. So go ahead. I I will say the best thing about the Taylor Swift things is like people like you getting so fired up. I find it so funny. Like it's so funny. This like absolutely benign, like pop music star. Like she's not like divisive. You know what I mean? She doesn't like quote unquote stand for anything. She doesn't like the only thing she's divisive for is she has a fan base that will literally murder you. And like, (laughs) like, I just find it so funny that she just elicits this like, it's like football is so pure and so sacred in America. They're like, what? This pop star? No. Get her off the screen. That's I- me. That's me. Old man River over here. That's me. That's me. I cannot stand it. I want to watch the game. I want to watch the game. I don't need to hear about every move that Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey make, you know, off the field. Like this video, ESPN is, is, is catering to it. Okay. ESPN yeah. is catering to it. Adam Schefter's tweeting, like, Taylor Swift's in the house. Donna Kelsey's like, oh, she's Donna Kelsey. Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey's mom is in Philadelphia for the game today. And then, oh, she's going to make her way to New York at MetLife Stadium to watch Travis Kelsey and sit with Taylor Swift in the box to watch the game. No, no. Uh, It's it's, Maybe I'm just old. Maybe I'm getting to that point where I'm going to be like that middle-aged dude that's just going to freaking – Hate everything. Exactly. Be pissed yeah. about everything, but like, I'm cool with that though. Hitting I don't want. Time. I don't want to see it. I don't. I don't need to see Taylor Swift every time Travis Kelsey touches the ball. I don't need to see it. He catches the ball. All right, move on to the next play. I don't need to see her sitting in her box being like, ah, yay. I don't need. You to guys see follow it. front office sports? I do not. No. Oh, it's a great, great media outlet. You guys check them out on Instagram. No free ads. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah, fuck them. But more or less for you two. So they tweet. They sent. They posted a picture and it said, "Cutaways to tw- Taylor Swift." Let me back up. Final stats from tonight's broadcast per our count: 
cutaways to Taylor Swift, 17. Throughout the whole game, they showed Taylor Swift in that booth 17 motherfucking times. So you know what's going to happen because of that? You're going to get people that are going to get in on that, uh, get in with them. Yeah. And they're going to be in that box, and they're going to pan to it, and they're going to be like, it's going to be – you're going to see some some stupid celebrity come out, and no, all of a sudden – they're a big deal because they so were in the box at an NFL game with Taylor Swift. Once every 12 Commercials minutes. for Taylor Swift's new movie. Two. So two different commercials for her movie, which I didn't even know she had a movie. I didn't either. I didn't either. Commercials with Travis Kelsey and then three. Commercials with Pat Mahomes, two. And then commercials with Annie Reid, one. But <laughs> Did you yeah, see were... the picture? Did you see the picture with her and the Lorax from the fucking Dr. Seuss book? And it just says, look who met, look who met Andy Reid after the game. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I can't. Fuck. I can't. I can't. I can't. And, and I'm sure we're going to have – I'm going to have rants about this all year because it's not going away. It's not going away anytime soon. What and happens when we find NFL's, out which, uh, which uh, Vikings player is dating with Lizzo? It's going to be even worse. <sighs> Kirk Cousins. Oh, yeah, he, God. I don't even no. want to get into it. I don't even want to get into this right now because I, I, it's just gonna piss me off. You see the, get... the NFL's Instagram bio? Yes. No, don't. Tell our listeners what, what what it says. Go ahead. So it says Chiefs are two and zero Swifties. The NFL is Yikes. like eating it up. Like that's 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 where I, my thing comes from. Like your professor. Professional sports league. You don't need to be catering to a music artist. And I know oh, like, they, of it. Whole, they, they did get rid of it. Huh? I got rid of it. It's a CMC. Uh, yeah, because I got, my let screenshot. Of, I got yeah. my screenshot of it. Like yeah. uh, CMC for it MVP the question mark. I'm going to put it up on our, uh, on our um, breaking the plane Twitter handle. I'm going to put it up after this episode and saying, how, do, how does everybody feel about this? Because, and I'll be the first one to comment on it. F this dude. F yeah. this. It's way too much. But, all right, I've I've gone on long enough about that. Um, we do have another question from one of the primetime guys here. Uh, it's from Tommy Bennett at TJ Bennett thirty seven on Twitter. Check him out. He's got a couple of uh, he's got a podcast about the New Jersey Devils uh, NHL franchise. Check him out and uh, give him a follow. He's got he's great with write ups on the Primetime Productions website. He does a great job with. Uh, you know, you know, writing his thoughts down as well as having his podcast. And uh, I love interacting with this guy. It's fun. He's, he's a good dude. He's a big Raiders fan. So we, him and I have gone back and forth a little bit about the Patriots. And, and uh, so shout out to Tommy here. His, uh, his, his question is when can Josh McDaniels get fired? He needs details and hot takes. So just a little bit of a background on Tommy. He's a big Raiders fan and he is not happy oh about God. Josh McDaniels. So, uh, Joe, how do you how do you feel about Josh McDaniels in what he's done and in, in in changing the Las Vegas Raiders franchise since he took over last year? How the what you have to look at is Mark Davis's only source of income is I think three PF Trangs and a the Raiders franchise. Yep. You're already playing. I, I don't know what happened with the lawsuit and the whole like John Gruden shit, and if they're still uh, paying pending, John I believe. Gruden. I think it's pending. Yeah. So so it's yeah, still paying. So like, if you're paying John Gruden, then Josh McDaniels will be your coach. If you're not paying John Gruden, then he will not be your coach. Like that's, I I, I hate I hate doing like the whole money thing because football is obviously uncapped when you get off the field. Um, but yeah, there's uh, there's unless I don't, I don't know, like unless they can do like the the fire him, 
with due cause and like not pay, like they're not going to pay. They're paying Josh McDaniels good money. They're paying, uh, they're paying ten million dollars a year to Josh uh, to John Gruden. They're, I mean, he's not going anywhere. <laughs> the Raiders are a fucking shit show. It's <laughs> you know, it, awesome. For me, for me, it comes back to like the year before McDaniels was hired. They had Rich Bisaccia back there. He took him to the playoffs. That, yeah, that didn't Derek Carr throw for five thousand yards too? He, he had a big year under him, and that was the year that John Gruden got fired for you know whatever he was into. We won't get into being that, an objectively bad guy through email. exactly, and you know. He got in and he got that team going, and they didn't even make an attempt to like sign him as a head coach. Like the, it seemed like the team, the players rallied behind that guy, mm. and they got to the playoffs. Obviously, they fell on their face in the playoffs, but at the same time, like he got them there. And Josh McDaniels comes in. We know his track record. He's had a little bit of a track record with coming in and switching quarterbacks and and, and doing that whole thing from his time in Denver, you know, a decade or so ago. I don't think he's going anywhere. From what you said, Joe, it's the money standpoint. The Raiders are broke. They don't have money because they keep firing their coaches after so many years, you know, not fulfilling their contracts. So they owe all these coaches all this money on their contracts. So I have to think maybe, maybe if the Raiders end up being like a a four and 13 team, you'll see him go. But I don't see him getting fired in the middle of the season. Yeah, I agree. I don't see that happening, and you know, a brand it new stadium help. to fill too. So I don't think. Yeah, yeah I don't. I, I think I. I don't know. I, that could be a saving grace, though, because I think that if, I mean, there's a lot of seats in that stadium. I know. He's, I know that he doesn't outright own it. I know they got a lot of public money, but I think mm-hmm. getting you obviously get money off ticket sales. So I don't know if that'll actually help his cause if they're selling that place out and they're making a little bit more of a return to kind of get him out of there. But like, I mean, the best thing, the, the, what Raiders fans have to hope is they, they settle with what they settle with Gruden, give him a lump sum, stop paying him, and then recoup that money on the new ticket sales of the big new stadium. And then get rid of Josh McDaniels after the year. Like that's yeah. This I is, don't know. This, this is Josh McDaniels last, last shot as a head coach in the league. In my opinion, I mean, he shouldn't have even gotten this, this second shot after what he did to Indianapolis a few years back where he took the job and then backed out at the last second. Cause the mm-hmm. Patriots gave him more money. Um, he's kind of tied his coattails to Jimmy Garoppolo, a guy who can win games. I always call him, he always wins. He always finds a way to win, but like he didn't play this Sunday cause he got hurt. Yeah. And if he's not going to be on the field for you, he got hurt last year with San Francisco, which is why we're, you know, seeing Brock Purdy do what he do, doing, doing what he does now. I think Jimmy Garoppolo could do exactly what Brock Purdy's doing in San Francisco, given that system. Yeah, but Brock Purdy uh, got hurt too. Yeah, he got hurt, and he came back, but he started the year this year. So he's looked really good uh, in that system. And I think Jimmy Garoppolo could have done that. Jimmy Garoppolo won here in, in in New England. He won in San Francisco when he took him to the Super Bowl. And, you know, he should be able to do something here with, with, with Vegas. I mean, you got a number one receiver in Devontae Adams. You got a really good number two in Jacoby Myers. Patriots fans, I know you're probably mad that Bill Belichick didn't resign him, but he's an absolutely a stud number two receiver for that team. Mm-hmm. You still have Hunter Renfro. You got a really good running back in Josh Jacobs. That offense should be able to win games. Darren Wall. Oh no, Darren Waller's in friggin'. Uh, he's gone. Yeah, he left. Now. Yep. And you know they have they have they have Foster. I think Foster Moreau might be hurt, but they yeah. also have Austin Hooper. So okay, you know, serviceable. 
they have guys that can play on that offense. And, you know, the whole Chandler Jones debacle, I mean, we can Yikes. touch on that Yikes, for a minute bro. with this target. Like, dude, I hope that dude gets some help. Like, he's yeah, I, yeah. Not right. I, I don't want to get any jokes off. I just want him no. to get help. Yeah, he needs to get himself some help. Like, seeing dude, there did... there are some jokes to get off, but yeah. I think <laughs> the biggest joke yeah. there is the 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 Raiders organization. Yes, I agree with that. And you know, I hope that. Pushing yeah, I don't know. If you that guys, point, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure you guys saw what was going on on Twitter over the weekend. It was not good. It ended with him getting arrested, and it's not. It's not good. I really hope he gets some help. Um, he's clearly not right in the head. So you know, we'll, we'll say some thoughts, send some thoughts to him, and hope he gets the help that he needs. Um, don't even want to even talk about football with him because, yeah. you know, obviously he'd be a big help for this team on the field given his ability, but at the same time, like mental health is number one. You got to get yourself right before you get into it. So it's just, there's just a big black cloud over the Raiders organization yeah. right now. And I mean, the money thing might be why Tom Brady is now a minority or, or working on being a minority owner yeah. of that team because they need money. They need money. So Mark Davis is like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll give you a little bit of it. If you give us some investment here, we'll see what happens. I, uh, it's, it's to answer your question, Tommy, I don't think you're going to see him go away this season. I think you're going to have to wait till the off season before they can adjust something like that. Um, yeah, so we're, we're, we're at about an hour and 12 minutes now. I think it's, I think it's a good time to kind of plug it up here. You know, we're a good length here for our inaugural episode. Um, do we want to run through our picks before we get yeah, the last, here? last thing I want to do before we, we, we close up shop is, uh, we're, 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 we want to talk about our walk for next week. Um, we are going to be previewing next week's, you know, the, the following week's games, uh, in this pod, you know, as we go on here as post, uh, in addition to uh, breaking down what, what what happened, you know, the week before, um, Joe, what's your lock for this week? Here, we're gonna we're gonna use the uh, DraftKings uh, sports book, unofficial, unofficial, no sponsorship here, although we'd love to have them here, um, <laughs> but unofficial sports book of this podcast. Uh, Joe, what's your uh, what's your what's your lock for next week? So I got uh, I got some picks that I like. I got three picks that I like, and then my lock of the week. So I'll run through my uh, picks that I like real quick. Uh, team we spent a little bit of time on just recently is San Fran. Um, right now you can get them at three, uh, laying three and a half at home versus Dallas. Um, I know this is the divisional game. I think the Dallas is coming off two weeks in a row of versus inferior opponents where, to be totally honest, I don't think they looked good on offense in either of these games. Uh, I think losing uh, Diggs versus a team like San Francisco is going to be a little bit tough because I think even though they do have uh, Michael Parsons, I think uh, San Fran has the perfect offensive line and scheme to kind of neutralize him if if that's possible. Uh, so I love uh, I love San Fran. You can get a good nu- you can get a good number on uh, three and a half on DraftKings right now. Um, another team we talked a little bit about today too is the Jets. I like the Jets at plus two. I think there's some places that you can get it at two and a half. I love it at two and a half as well. Something makes me want to say that that number is probably going to get a little, uh, a little smaller as the week goes on. Cause mm-hmm. Denver just absolutely blows cheeks at the game of football. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, something I'm looking at in that game is uh, Zach Wilson starting to make some strides in the passing game and Denver sucks ass against the pass. I know it's inflated against that. They did it against the, uh, the, the the they gave up seventy to the Dolphins, but I mean, 
dude, if you're if you if you're giving up almost 400 passing yards a game, I mean, you're there. It's not all one game after four games. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, another game I liked in the, with with another team I spent a lot of time on is Houston. Houston's getting two. Uh, you can find it at two and a half. Um, they're playing the Falcons. The Falcons looked uh, objectively terrible. I know it was a London game, weird spot, everything like that. Um, they looked bad. Desmond Ritter looked bad. That defense didn't look great. Um, they were turning the ball over. A little bit of a give up there. Um, so I don't. I, I I like I like getting the points. Houston on the road, um, and then gets me to my lock of the week. Uh, I can see this being. A um, let me get to it on here just so I make sure that the line is still current. Oh, I'm two weeks ahead, but uh, so this uh, this is a get right game, a, a team that's four and oh, but I don't think has played anywhere close to their potential. Um, I'm gonna take Philly on the road, laying four versus the versus the Rams. Um, the Rams looked like dog shit versus the uh, versus the Indy in the second half there versus a dual threat quarterback. Jalen Hurts, obviously one of the dual, best dual threat quarterbacks in the league. I think laying less than a touchdown to a team that's far superior, uh, that far inferior of you is uh, it, it should be what I think is an easy cover. Um, so my lock of the week, lock it in right now. Uh, Eagles minus four. All right. That's 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 a ballsy lock there, given how the uh, the Eagles have looked this year. You know, obviously they are four and zero. They haven't been tested, so you know it'll be interesting to see how that how that plays out. Now, now I'm looking into this right now. Here, I, I'm not a big gambler, so we'll start with that. I'm not a big gambler when it comes to sports betting, but um, it, it, this is going to go in a little bit of what we touched on earlier in the pod this week. Here, um, I like Indy minus one against Tennessee this week. I, I Tennessee is. I know they had a big win this week. This past week here, I, I I'm just not sold on Ryan Tannehill in that in that offense. I know Derrick Henry can can go off at any time, but he is getting older. And I we do are like, getting into Tractor Cito season, yeah. though it is October. I I I I I I am a fan of Anthony Richardson, and I really do believe that you know they're they're laying one point in this game, so they're basically calling it a, a coin flip. Where uh, is that game? It's in Indianapolis, so that's why they get the minus one on it. Um, I, I do like them. That really to, is a pick of me, right? Yeah. I really like them to, to kind of assert themselves. I don't think Jonathan Taylor is going to play in this game. I know that, you know, I don't know if he's going to get activated or not, but like he is this eligible to be activated. Um, he's probably not going to play in that game, but you know, with Anthony Richardson, Mike, I'm a big fan. I've been a big fan of Michael Pittman since he was drafted. Mm. Um, so I do like him, uh, with their fantasy. offense there. Yeah. I like he's a big fan, big fan of him. And, you know, Zach Moss has done a great job filling in for Jonathan Taylor behind that offensive line in Indianapolis. So my lock of the week is going to be Indy minus one. I, I do believe that Indianapolis is going to beat Tennessee in that game. But again, I'm picking a game in the dumpster fire division that is the AFC South. So it could go either way, but I'm 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 in firmly in Indianapolis's camp. Another game to watch out for, and I'm going to be a homer a little bit on this, is the uh, the New Orleans Saints and the, New, and the New England Patriots up in uh, Gillette Stadium here in Foxborough, Massachusetts. I have a hard time seeing that the Patriots are going to be a team that's going to lay an egg two weeks in a row. I could be wrong. This could be a different year. But with the Saints, with Derek Carr, uncertain if he's going to play in this game. They're going to play Jameis Winston up in Gillette Stadium. I know that that Jameis Winston has walked into Gillette Stadium and beaten the Patriots and Mac Jones a couple years back. Just need that Uh, for the entertainment factor. This game could be a wet fart. Yeah, it could be. a. I'm expecting an absolute garbage game out of this. 
but I do believe the Patriots are laying a point and a half on DraftKings right now. I, 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 I do like the Patriots to bounce back and get a win no matter how ugly it is. So um, my lock of the week is Indianapolis minus one, but my other pick, uh, my other pick for, for, for this week is the Patriots minus a point and a half in Gillette against the Saints. So uh, Kojak's that's the lowest total on the, the second lowest total on the board besides um, the Baltimore Pittsburgh game and another wet fart. But I don't know <laughs> if you can get, if you, if that gets anywhere closer to, so it's at 40, 40 and a half right now, but if that gets anywhere North of 41, I would, um, I would probably take the under on that. 40 is a tough number, but I, this game's going to be 14 to 10, 13, Dude, 13 I, six. I, I really truly believe that it is going to be an under on that too. That would be a, another good bet for you to make. Uh, minus 108 right now on, on DraftKings. So it'll be interesting to see how it, it plays out. A little bit. Yeah, it, it probably will. I think it's going to move down. I would say it's going to move down. Both these teams are – you know, at a little bit of a crossroads. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, where, where it plays out here. And uh, I'm looking forward to another week of football. It's my, this is my favorite time of year. I don't know about you guys. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I don't know. Sorry. I had a little bit of a, a coughing fit there. Um, no worries. But I, 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 I think that, you know, this is my favorite time of the year. Like I was getting into, uh, we got football, we got, Hockey starting up here in another nine days with the Boston Bruins. And I know you guys both are big Celtics fans. We got that starting up soon. So this is a very, very exciting time for us uh, as sports fans. We're getting out of the dog days of summer where we only had to watch baseball. And up here in New England, we had a really bad baseball team this year. And I'm not the biggest baseball fan to begin with. Um, so it is great to get into it. Um, I think we can, uh, I think it's a good time to kind of, kind of plug it up here. You guys got any final thoughts? No, I think, uh, like I said, I'm very excited for things to come. I think we've got some uh, good mojo going here. Excited to uh, watch all my picks lose and come back on next week. <laughs> Kojak, you got anything to add? No, I'm good, brother. I like it. All right. All right. Sounds good um, at this point. Yeah. Again, thanks to Primetime for giving us a shot here. We are Breaking the Plane podcast here. You can follow us on Twitter at btp underscore podcast underscore i know it's a little bit of a weird handle uh unfortunately that was the best we could get when we when we decided to start this sucker up so give us a follow give us a shout out we'd love to hear from you get in our dms let us know i'm at burge the goalie you can uh get joe sure search joe sure on twitter again i don't remember your at handle. the underscore juicy jew there you go there you go and at and kojak is at alan 13 brennan so get at us, slide in our DMs, give us some questions, give us some feedback. We, we look forward to hearing all of it. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll look forward to talking to you next week. So have a good week, guys. Thank you all. Later.